BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Alan Parker said... Sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guests are all the way from Germany. Michael Venus and Thomas Friedrich. Hello. Hey, Stuart. Thank you for having us. Yes. It's my pleasure, my pleasure. Now, for, for the benefit of the listener, do you want to sort of single out yourself, because obviously we're only hearing voices, and tell us what your role is on the film Sleep. Yeah, I'm Thomas Friedrich, uh, Thomas Friedrich, and um, I'm from Berlin, Germany, and I am a screenwriter. And I wrote the screenplay with Michael for the horror movie Schlaf. Yeah, basically that's me. Okay. So, and, and, and I'm Michael, uh, or Michael Venus, uh, and I'm, I'm the director of that uh, movie, and uh, was a co-writer to Thomas too. So cool. that's my role. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for using you guys. So first and foremost, so the film is called Schlaf. Is that right? And does that literally translate as sleep? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, say. it does. Yeah. Does one of you want to give the listener a brief sort of synopsis to what Schlaf's about? So basically, it's. Uh... It's a story about a, a mother-daughter relationship, and um, the mother is haunted by nightmares and by the belief that they are real. So she goes on a journey to find out, but the journey stops very abruptly, um, and she's hospitalized. And now it's on her daughter to kind of get behind this secret, uh, what happened to her mother. So she goes down to this spiral um, that's the history of her family in a way. And, uh, yeah, so I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> no, 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 and, and I think, and just to let the listener know, I've, I've, not se- I've not seen the film yet because the film is about to get its world premiere at Berlin Early 2020. So do you want to tell people... For those listening that may be going or thinking of going to Bill and Ali this year, how can they see Schloff and when? Yeah, you can see it. Uh, we have a world premiere on the 25th of February uh, at the Kino International. That's a uh, fantastic, beautiful 
cinema theater um, uh, built in, in East German in East Berlin, hmm. uh, where uh, I don't know films like like Dirty Dancing had had their European premiere and so on, uh, and uh, it's one of the most beautiful cine- uh, theaters I know, and it's in the and it's in the middle of of Berlin, and it's uh, it's it has five hundred and fifty places. Wow. Like that, and, and yeah, yeah, and it would be. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward for that, and it's like, like, yeah. well, our our film uh, is entitled Sleep, uh, and it's about dreams, and uh, that premiere is a dream to us. That's yeah, very exciting yeah. to be shown in that cinema. And after that, uh, there are four screenings uh, around. Uh, uh, day after day in, in, in that week, uh, Berlinale week, and the rest of the Berlinale, and uh, on other in other theaters, which are great too, other great houses. To, gi- yeah. to give to give the uh, to give us an idea of how of how Berlinale might work, and obviously you being German filmmakers, getting your world premiere at the you know the most prestigious um, festival in Germany, and certainly one of the most prestigious festivals in Europe. How how is it? Yeah. How how is news of your world premiere um, sort of reported? Is, is it is are you gonna is there gonna be like national news for yourself and stuff like that to do with world premiere at a festival or will or will it be very much a, a film news thing? So uh, uh, yeah, the engine uh, started last week, mm-hmm. and and we can we can we can feel that there are. Uh, uh, papers and 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 networks, uh, television networks and and radio networks that are asking for um, for uh, interviews to us. But but you are uh, our first interview, <laughs> uh, our first interviewer. So it's a defloration of that. Uh, it's our defloration of d- giving interviews. <laughs> uh, and thanks for that. Actually, and and we are uh, shy and nervous. So be be. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and uh, actually, there's a, a funny. I just it just reminded me um, that Micha and I we met, yes, kind of exactly twenty years ago. Oh yeah. And I I had a radio show. I was doing a radio show in the university radio, mm-hmm. and I asked Micha if I can uh, broadcast his radio play, and for that reason he came into the studio and I interviewed him, and it. I, I just pretend because it's such a nice uh, story and that it's uh, kind of exactly 20 years ago. Yes. And now uh, this is our basically second but first interview like that. Uh, well, that's, it's I nice. Feel, I feel, I feel quite privileged. I feel quite privileged. So thank you guys <laughs> for letting me, me join in. And can I pass on congratulations from Britflix as well for, uh, for getting selected? I mean, that's no mean feat. Uh, you know, for any film to get them, themselves uh, selected at, at Berlinale. So let's let's start at the beginning then, in terms of in terms of Schlaf as as a, as an idea that become that became the film that were, that people are going to see next month. What what would you say was the kernel of of that idea, the start of it that began the momentum that led to what people are going to see at Berlinale? There were two things. Uh, uh, f- first thing was our producer Verena. Uh, she's uh, she watched I don't know I guess it was um, yeah I don't know some some uh, no, um, neo noir uh, Nordic horror film Sweden mm-hmm. and then she, and and and, uh, and that was so fresh and and so new 
to her and and in the same way so familiar to to german issues like i don't know dark things in the woods and so on uh, that she said guys don't you want to make something don't you want to make genre don't you want to make a horror film and that question is was in that time very exotic because it doesn't exist in, in germany at that time and uh in the same time thomas and i uh, we were working on our, yeah, we were working on uh, ideas uh, about the, uh, Thomas, help me, Patriarchat, uh, um, what is it in English? Patriar uh, I think it's kind of the same, isn't it? Patriarch? Oh, Patriarch. Society? Yeah, yeah, Patriarch. Yeah. And that was yeah. an issue daddy issues and so on and, yeah. and cultural issues and that what uh, was uh, we want to write about uh, wanted to write a, a script about it and uh, making out a movie on it and Verena came with that horror thing and we, well that issue fits perfectly to to horror and and then horror is uh, the, the horror uh, is film genre is um, the right the, the perfect mirror to to bring some of that topics and issues quite on the point to do directly, more directly, more bodily, um, more physically. And so that was the start. Verena asked and, uh, yeah. And so, that, so, that so that was the process, things. but then, so this specific idea, where, where, where is this born out of then? If that's, if that's like you two um, working on a horror film, this specific idea, then where does, where does this start? I think, uh, we, we were kind of playing around with the idea of doing a horror movie in the time and um, and then with uh, Verena asking and um, it was, uh, we were a lot of talking about horror tropes and um, uh, the nice dichotomy in horror movies that you have uh, rules, but also you have to break the rules mm -hmm. to make a good horror movie. Um, we were talking a lot about that stuff and then I, I wanted to do, for me, it was clear that if I want to do a horror movie, I don't want to do something like a really horror horror movie. So we thought about um, kind of pagan uh, beliefs and old mysteries that are uh, uh, before Christianity kind of changed, changed everything. Mm -hmm. um, and we were searching for... Uh, a nice demon we haven't seen in that form. Um, and I always wanted to do something about, uh, something about nightmares. So um, we came to this uh, old um, story or belief that there is a like a dark elf, like a demon that's, uh, that that uh, kind of makes you dream. I think nightmare is the mare. I think it's the same, isn't it? The mare, the, is it the, the name of the demon in, um, yeah. I think it's the same, uh, same German word, Ma. Mm. Uh, or, so Ma is in the north, and in the south you say Alp. So oh. it's the demon that comes at night and it uh, suffocates you. So that's why you have those bad dreams. So this was the old belief where uh, nightmares come from. And so we had this idea of, like uh, spreading nightmare that haunts people. Um, so this was kind of a starting point. And then it was, we added, the, we added a village and of course, and then we were playing around, but the process over the years, uh, the story changed so much. 
it was a, a real journey to so what, where what, the story is so now. So what's your, what's your process then? Because obviously two people can't type at a computer together. So, and obviously scripts don't usually start with, you know, typing fade in and off you go. So yeah. what, what's, what's, what's the collaboration between the pair of you as co-writers of this um, script? Uh, from, uh, I think we have uh, the, the ratio kind of shifted during the process. So at the beginning, I was, uh, we had talks and we had a lot of discussions. And then I kind of wrote down some ideas and we discussed them and I re reworked them. And um, so it was uh, sometimes stretches where I worked on it and then we came together and discussed it and or, or Micha contributed uh, another part and then and um, so the ratio was more like that and as closer we got to the final production it uh, Micha went more from the co-writer to the director gear so it shifted more and more and more I was more the facilitator to make the script shootable in a way got you so so this is, um, and we have, and then we had had uh, stretches where we just met for two weeks in uh, at Micha's place, and um, yeah, drank a lot of coffee and uh, sat together, discussed, and I was typing because I'm a faster typer. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's so right. <laughs> yeah, and um, How so it's a really, it's a really. Uh, uh, um, natural process in a way so so in the sense so you you were you were drawing on a real on a real le a real sort of folkloric legend to 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 give us the, the sort of antagonist force in this in this horror film um with 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 um is that right or have you invented have you invented something yourself no the, the thing is that the um all those uh pagan beliefs is that the right word yeah yeah, yeah. So pagan, all those uh, all those pagan beliefs they are um, with Christianity. It's a lot of. Uh, it came pretty unclear what the real um, belief was. So because you don't can't really tell uh, which is uh, all where Christianity already plays a part in um, kind of shaping the story. And this uh, belief with the Alp is, is so different. There are in one. So there is not real. It's not a really um how should i put it it's pretty fluid so we could take this uh, figure and apply our own rules that's that's what was, so that's kind of what that's what was getting it's at more is, a starting point yeah i was yeah. going to say so how did you take that idea of something that people might understand as it is and then turn it into your dramatic fiction and horror um actually <laughs> a lot of people don't know this uh story about the alp okay. so it's uh it's uh so it's a pretty uh it's a it's kind of a clean slate <laughs> so we were really free so the, the, um actually i think some years ago there was another german horror movie and i, I think the title was nachtmar would could be the same demon but it's totally different so it's really it's like uh, you just uh, you just can uh, you just feed off uh, a certain uh, certain sources, and you're pretty free to go. And what what would you what do you remember being the sort of main storytelling challenges for you once you started to 
sort of establish a kind of a, a beginning, middle, and end. What what were what were the challenges of of sort of dealing with that demon, the daughter's search for answers, the mother comatosed, the the you know the the threat, yeah. the threat of the evil and everything. How what 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 for you were the were the storytelling challenges, pulling that, making sure that knitted together. We, um, uh, I, I guess we we had to end very very early, mm-hmm. early, and it was like an aim where where the rest of the story and the and the characters has um, uh, to move on. Or do I remember right, Thomas? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, funny we we. It was it was a, a clear picture we had what where we want to go. Yeah. But there was also there was still enough uh, freedom to let the story kind of develop itself in a way. Um, and then um, um, in, in our like collage uh, um, kind of uh, writing process, like like I don't know. Sometimes it was like a cut up technique. So. Uh, we found out uh, that a lot of unconscious uh, processes uh, were the right way. So, so, so elements came into the story uh, that came out of our Unterbewusstsein, um, of our un- uh, unconscious uh, uh, storytelling that was magic and weird. So um, we, we, we uh, you know, um, for a screenplay, it's always kind of artificial giving uh, thing to give your characters names names always sound a bit artificial and then uh, uh, and we didn't thought about a lot about the names and after a while we uh, uh, made uh, uh, we realized that the names are connected to that alp myth so we have uh, um, uh, uh, our main character is monad from demon uh, we have uh, her, her her mother has the name Marlene, which is kind of Nachtmar, nightmare comes from that. Hmm. And we have uh, we have uh, um, a, a, a demon woman, a woman, another woman, a, a ghost kind of demon, uh, and she has a name too, and it's Waltrude. Came from from Trud. And, and Thomas, you can explain what a Trud is. So, yeah, a Trud is basically when uh, in the south you say Alp. In the north you say Ma, and in Trud is the places you left. So it's basically we have three different names for the same uh, demon because different yeah. dialects uh, take difference. And Trud, die Trude, is also a name for Alp. And yeah. also what I like is that in that the German word Wald is also kind of snuck into that name. So because we said we had this, uh, we had this endpoint we wanted to go. And uh, in between were kind of like um, we had a couple of scenes that we really liked and that we kind of um, that also called for, for us were um, important in the story. Funny enough, most of them were cut out at the end. <laughs> but um, so we had always this weird feeling that there is a like a meta structure there with all those different sources we kind of took our ideas or, or what we had if it's a mythical thing or like a, a um detective story citat, yeah or, or like a, a or like aspects out of a thriller uh, and uh, it was always like um finding another way through this um matrix to get to this end point so and um 
And then there was the, well, this kind of coincidence, as Micha said, where we kind of found where we had a structural problem and it felt really like a real problem. And then we kind of took two scenes out and exchanged the kind of the, um, uh, put another scene before and suddenly it worked. So it was always like, and that gave us a good feeling with the script because we always found the solution in the script. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's always nicest, isn't it? That, that the answer is staring in the face. You've just got to see it. I agree. Yeah. I think for me, this is the, this is a way to kind of find if you if your, if your story has the potential if you if you find this answers in the story, this is a good sign that this is a story. Without a doubt, yeah, because I think I think sometimes when you have an idea, you haven't got a story. It might be a good idea, but that's not a story, is it? Yeah. When when the script was ready to go and you were um, you were plan you were planning to shoot the movie, um, what what on the it, without, I mean, without giving too much. Hopefully, we don't have to give too much away. But, but was there was, and you've already mentioned the idea that some scenes in the final cut didn't make it and the like. So, was the was the stuff on the page that you know we we work we work with finite resources and finite money and finite people. So, well, even though you would have written for your budget, was there still sort of evident challenges of how we're going to achieve this with what we've got on the page and what we want to put on screen? Can you can you think of examples that you were sort of you were sort of having to really sort of focus on to make sure you pulled off what you thought was important, but wasn't going to be easy. Thomas and I and our uh, uh, director of uh, photography, our DOP, Marius, hmm. when we had uh, found after a year our perfect location in the in the in the, in the German heartland in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, a, a huge I don't know uh, a huge clinic, which uh, uh, which we. Uh, um, uh, changed into a hot, uh, 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 an empty lost place hotel. So uh, when we were there the first time, uh, Thomas, you remember well. Uh, half of the script was was get uh, had, had uh, uh, or a quarter of the script was uh, uh, rewritten for that place. The place told us the story in a different way. Oh really? which we couldn't yeah. Im- imagine on, on our desks and uh, and that uh, on the spine of our of our plots and storylines and uh, and and our uh, the, the behavior of our characters we uh, we found in, in, in new uh, stages and rooms that ha- uh, had their own voice hmm. and uh, that uh, uh, yeah and that changed a lot do you remember thomas yeah, it was um, it was uh, it was funny because it was kind of special and frightening frightening in yeah. the same moment because we were searching so long uh, this the village and the place and the script was also it was like meta we didn't know where we we're gonna shoot so um, we didn't go into too much details in certain aspects yeah. of how the character is turning and where is what and something and then. When we found this place, we found some uh, stuff there. We thought, okay, this has to be in the movie, and this doesn't work anymore. And I was walking through this hospital and thought, oh man, oh god, we have to change so much. 
<laughs> but then half an hour later in the car, it was just like, okay, it's like this. First this happens, then this, then this, then this. And it worked. So it was, uh, it opened up so many possibilities and uh, another a totally new dynamic that wasn't in the book before. Yes. Yeah. So, Mikhail, um, when, when you were discussing with your DLP, the sort of look and feel for Schlaff, um, yeah. what, where did the conversation go there? What were, the, what were the filmic references? What were the visual references that you were, you were discussing with each other for, for, the, for the film you were hoping to shoot? Uh, Marius is a DOP. He is very patient before he decides how to shoot it. Mm-hmm. She she really waits, and I'm a very I'm a very nervous person, you know. Thomas, you have to laugh at that uh, point <laughs> because <Right. he laughs> and uh, come on, let's start uh, references, watch uh, uh, references and and movies. Uh, how can we do it like this, like this, or like that? Look at that, how how Kubrick made it and so on. And uh, but he he he, uh, he says just mm-hmm, okay, now well, let's wait. And so he really waited to see the location and to uh, to read the the, the shooting draft um, before he decided the technique and the and and the and the language of the of the pictures. So. Uh, um, that's the thing, and uh, and then he, um, yeah, it's and it, but it's not like, oh, let's do it in that style. It's like, what does the scene needs? Do we have a hand camera? Because uh, so, so we always tried to 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 step on the stages when you when you say a scene is a stage, when you step into that rooms and uh, with all the. Um, Psycholog- uh, uh, psychology and all the atmosphere from the script, then you you can say, okay, what's the right technique, the right mechanic to 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 get close to what the character is driven by, what the character feels. So that was uh, that was a plan, and then uh, shooting began, and the plan was I don't know. It was good to ha- to to, uh, to to have had a plan, but uh, um, with that small budget we had, we always had to react on I don't know everything, weather, money, uh, and 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 circumstances that always happen into uh, in, in 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 filmmaking. Uh, and that had a lot of influence of how it looks. It was just the limitations. But um, there are also were very uh, a lot of presence on that way, a lot of gifts uh, um, uh, into that limitation. So we had, for instance, a dream sequence, which was super complex, uh, technically and uh, uh, and and uh, uh, the number of uh, um, shots. And um, but it was a, um, a shot outside. It was a scene uh, uh, outside, and we had um, uh, a special equipment built only for that scene. It cost it cost thousands of euros. It was a, a little drone, uh, but without a camera. But uh, instead of a camera, there were lightning, very uh, um, um, intense lightning. So we can uh, we had the possibility to to let uh, a light fly around over over some uh, um, trees and so on. 
but uh, it wouldn't fly in uh, when it's raining or snowing. And it was May, and it snowed. Hmm. Dear me. It's just one day, one day, of, just one, one day. night of snow, one <laughs> yeah. night of snow, yeah. In, on, in spring. And uh, so um, it was the the only time uh, my, my uh, assistant cried uh, because, uh, um, yeah, it was so, so it's a, such a precious, expensive scene. And, and, and we all were looking forward to, to, to realize that. And then everything was, I don't know, a half an hour before the end of the shooting day, the snow stops and we shot everything we wanted to do in, uh, in a couple of, or I, I think four or five hours, we shot it in 20 minutes, but we have it looks great it looks great we have this, we have this, we have this snow in the picture it looks like i don't know um uh, much more dreamy much more dreamy but it looks crazy like a a, a polish auteur who's who's uh, um uh, masturbates on 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 crazy uh, pictures he came out from his uh, genius mind yeah and, <laughs> uh, and 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 the and the limitation of of the shots made it much more clearer so we had to, to to redirect everything and that makes it much more clearer and more beautiful and that was a gift uh, we didn't need to get we thought it would be um uh, we, we lose that scene but we uh, got a greater scene uh, uh, because of the limitations and that's that was very interesting very yeah, interesting now yeah, and the, and the t team was uh, phenomenal that yeah. team yeah, yeah. When you were in the edit, what what was revealed in the edit that wasn't evident um, when you were writing and producing the film? Uh, the, the editing process process. Uh, I, I had a, the, um, the most brilliant editor I've ever met. It was uh, Silke, um, and uh, yeah, uh, after the first cut. Before the end of the first cut, I didn't knew is, is it going to work? Did we shot enough? Did we shoot enough? Is it uh, is that crazy structure which that film has? It has a lot of layers and uh, um, elliptic tall scenes uh, shot on four different days um, and so on. Does it work? Do did, 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 does it have a rhythm? Does it uh, flowing? Uh, and so on. Uh, it it uh, it worked, and um, but it was quite too long. The, the 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 first cut was too long. It was uh, I guess two and a half hour. Ooh. And and uh, yeah, and uh, it was interesting because uh, to watch the whole cut. Um, uh, it, it's 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 rare to watch a, a whole cut during the editing process. You work from day to day, from scene to scene, and uh, when you watch the scenes um, edited isolate, uh, isolated, uh, it um, yeah, it might be a great a working scene, but when you see it at the whole, the whole film, the whole ed, uh, the whole cut, you can see okay, no, it's. Um, um, it, it, it's taking the drive out of the whole story. It, 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 it moves you uh, away from, from our uh, main character and so on. It's too, too, too many ornaments and uh, too many uh, time 
uh, watching people uh, stepping and leave, uh, in, into a room and leaving it. So uh, we we really took everything out in the second cut, uh, which doesn't move the story forward, and uh, and 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 edited every scene as tight as possible, and made the the opposite of uh, let it flow, which we made in the in the first cut, and that was then then the second cut was too tight, but we saw. We, we we noticed very, very clear, okay, it's good that this is so tight because another thing has room to breathe. I was going to say, and, that sounds like, yeah, it yeah. sounds like you could get, you kind of go at the one end, you go, God, this is loose. And then you bring it so tight, yeah. you go, right, yeah. we need, we need time to breathe then, yes. then, and then. Yes. Uh, that's what we, we've done. Yeah. And then, so a, a third cut uh, came out and that was it. If I was to put Schloff on the shelf at the video store, what films yeah. would I be putting it alongside? Oh, uh, um, yeah, alongside. You can um, um, put Suspiria at one side or uh, Get Out at the other side. Um, but you can also put um, a film like Raw, like a, a coming-of-age story uh, um, um, with horror elements put on the other side and it's uh it's a crossover from drama psycho thriller and uh so on and uh, our producer calls it elevated horror so if it's if it's in so it's kind of smart i mean it's that it's that idea of sort of it's it, you're not you're not stacking up bodies to kill are you basically and you're not gonna you're not gonna obliterate us with gore this is gonna be this is a thoughtful film where the horror and the dread is about what we feel about the characters are watching. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more psychological. Yeah. So, so can, I mean, we, we were talking about this before we started recording. So, I'll as a closing question, I'll I'll do a kind of the broader one. So, um, only because you were saying that you'd had this conversation. So, I'll I'll be vague and say what is horror, and let you fill fill the fill the, the silence as to where that question takes you. Yeah, what is horror? So. Uh... So um yeah uh, I'm I'm really uh, let 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 us uh, show on 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 Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. You, I, I guess a lot of people have seen that film. Yes, of your of your listeners, yeah. and uh, I, I love that film because he he um, put something new into the genre, and that is in the, in the genre, and that is the reality. So we have that uh, um, character who uh, survives the zombie apocalypse only to get killed by a white racistic bunch of, of uh, cold-blooded assholes in the next second. So he's, he's also so. And, and uh, the, the last minute of, uh, of that film is quite a, like, like a, a documentary. Mm. So it, it, it's, a, it's a collage, uh, a montage uh, of, of, of uh, photographs uh, what happens with the body of of our hero, uh, and uh, and 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 tells the que- and and um, at the end there's the question: which horror is more drastic? Is it is it uh, reality with uh, white racist assholes, or is it a zombie apocalypse? Mm. And 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 that was very impressive 
to me to 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 get that. And a film like Get Out or a film like Raw uh, from Friends uh, um, uh, combines reality and, and real problems, real issues with uh, uh, and gives them an, an, an and finds an expression in a horror film, which brings us to the reality, to the real feeling of, of, of something that surrounds us now in real. And uh, uh, so what is horror? I, I think horror can, can uh, uh, is, is always, horror films, in my opinion, are, are uh, films of confrontation, not of escapism. And so everything which confronts you with your inner fears, inner uh, darkness, or with the darkness in uh, kind of I don't know political systems or in uh, uh, something like that uh, is good stuff for a horror film, and that's is something what you can call horror. Thomas, what's your yeah. definition? Um, I would say for me. Horror is kind of a thriller that turns uh, against that turns against you as uh, as a as a as you see the movie. So you are part of it, kind of. Um, whereas the thriller, you have a certain distance while you watch it, because it's of course it's it can be frightening and it can the suspense can be uh, mind-boggling, but um, there is a distance. And I think what horror does it as a viewer i'm part of it my the integrity of my body i can i i feel that this threat or that the story is it goes it cuts deeper so because this uh, this re-feeling of fear this kind of um laboratory you go into and to 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 visit those deep fears you have and these are, that are everywhere in a way and um, so for me, horror is always about also the, yeah, the integrity of your body or your psyche and this, um, and it's a physical, it's a very physical genre, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, and all, yeah, I think this, uh, what, because we had this term eleva elevated horror, um, <laughs> uh, it's a term for people who don't realize that it is already an elevated genre. It's funny. I think it's funny how, I think what happens is there's this, there's this kind of mirror that society holds up and goes, that's what horror is until mm -hmm. you tell me differently. Yeah. And it's like, so, so like you mentioned, get out, get out comes along and we go, Oh, right. I see what you've done there. You've used, you've used race and stuff. And then like, as you said, that, 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 mm -hmm. that idea of taking social issues and, and making us aware of how bad the world is through presenting us with a kind of horror equation was what Night of the Living Dead was about. And you could argue even yeah. Rosemary's Baby is about yeah. the idea the, of society. And the Krakow Ghetto. I think you can't read uh, Rosemary's Baby as a film uh, correctly if you don't uh, have in mind that the director was uh, a child in the Krakow, not, not Warsaw, in the Krakow Ghetto hidden by people, mm. hearing, uh, uh, afraid, afraid uh, by life to get out of a room. And if you don't know that, you, you miss a lot of the, of, of the issues in the film. Yeah, and even, even more so with, with something like The Tenant. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so physical and confrontational. Uh, it confronts you in such a, 
direct and um, visceral way sometimes that I think the rejection against the genre is just sometimes this uh, overwhelming, uh, this, yeah, this to be, this being overwhelmed by it. Yeah. So I think it's like a defense mechanism. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it, sometimes it feels like the minute I'm aware I'm watching a horror film, then, then, then the, the, the almost like the film's losing. Um, you know, it's like I, it's sort of because if I'm if I th- if I'm thinking I'm watching a horror film, I'm thinking in terms of rules of the game and things like that. Whereas if a film's just making me unsettled and filling me with dread, and I don't know why, and I can't understand what I'm meant to do and what where, and I can't see a direction of travel, that's when horror begins to become an interaction between you and the film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen yeah. Babak Babak Kamvari's uh, Under the uh, Shadow. Yeah, I, I heard something about it, and it, uh, it was some people told me to have you have to watch it. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a moment in that, that that's very similar that uses the similar kind of decoder that you talk about in Night of the Living Dead, where the the mm-hmm. film set during the early eighties, during the Iran Iraq War, during the rise of the theology, you know, the theological revol- um the theologians' revolution, where they got rid of sort of you know um, liberal society, and you've got mm-hmm. the central character being haunted by again, a supernatural force, and she has to get out of her house. But she's now living in a country where women can't go, can't move around on their own. Uh-huh. So there's like this, there's this amazing moment where the ghost gets her out of the house, and then on the street she's facing some, some, some guy who represents security forces, and it's like uh-huh. she's in as much trouble for being on the street. And it's like, what's the bigger threat? The demon in the house, mm-hmm. or, or the people that surround her? Yeah, most people in zombie movies are kind of killed by other people. I would like you to remind people then when 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 and where can people see Schloff at um, at Bernali this year? Uh, the world premiere is on the twenty fifth of February in the Kino International. Fantastic! I'll put I'll put a link yeah. in the show notes, and it just gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the Britflix podcast. Yeah, thank you, and sorry for my my broken English because uh, I, I I I'm working hard on my Werner Herzog impression, but I'm not finished with that yet. So sorry. <laughs> but uh, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas, your 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 English is just better, and I have always to warm up a little, and so I'm sorry when when it's uh, when when I sound like crazy. You really don't have to, you you really don't have to be because if we tried to do this in German, we'd never have a podcast. So trust me, I'm, I'm very grateful for your. For you both yours, uh, both your ability to speak, to do it in English with me. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks a thank lot. Thank you. We appreciate that. So bye. Have a good night. Sleep tight. Alan Parker said, "Sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning." BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.